Open up your Bibles to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. We're going to begin with verse 8. And you know, God makes a bold statement here um, in, in the very first verse that we're going to read here. In, in, the, in what he likens those who do not tithe, what he likens their behavior to. Amen. So um, it's, it's definitely not something that we take, we should take lightly as Christians. Okay. I, 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 um, I'm part of a very big network of, of, of Christians, I would call it. Okay. I have friends who, who are in the apostolic realm. I have friends who are in the Pentecostal realm. And then I have friends who are in the non, the non-denominational realm. I have friends who are Catholic. And so we talk about, you know, the tithe and, and there's a lot of people out there who believe in God but they don't believe in everything that's taught about him. And it, and it really breaks my heart because, you know, if you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a, a Bible-believing, you know, uh, follower of the Lord, then you've got to believe what his word says, and you've got to follow it. You know, we all make mistakes, and none of us are perfect, but this is a very crucial part to life. And there's a reason that he has implemented or instituted the tithe into the Christian lifestyle, okay? Because it really does do something for your heart, for your priorities, and it really does affect the perspective that you have on life here on earth. Amen? Okay, so here we go. We're going to go ahead and start here. Um, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. We're going to begin with verse 8. All right? And first and foremost, this part of the scripture is titled, Do Not Rob God. Amen? It says in verse 8, Will a man rob God? And I'm reading the New King James Version, okay? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Well, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me. Even this whole nation brings all tithes into the storehouse. Even this whole nation, excuse me. Bring all tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I want to stop right there before we move ahead, okay? So, first and foremost, he says, look, men are robbing God, right? Well, how do you, how do you say, right? Because right away, what? What do you mean, rob? How can we rob God? Right, and he's telling them straight out, look, in tithes and offerings. This is something that he instituted all the way back to the beginning of man. In the book of Genesis, he instituted the tithe. Okay, And so in today's world, and, and how we see it, how we perceive it, because in, in our current right, currency system, we see it as literal money. Right? We see it as money. Um, when you start to, when we dive deeper into the scripture, we're going to see that um, we're gonna. I, I like. I'm gonna spend a little bit of time on a, on a principle called the principle of first fruits. Okay, um, and so what we need to understand is that he's not just talking um, specifically about money or currency. Okay, it, there's a principle, the principle, a godly principle called the principle of first fruits. Okay, and especially in the Old Testament, the times of the Old Testament, um, that was even more so relevant at the time because see they didn't really deal in money. They didn't deal in coins. They didn't deal in cash, okay? They dealt in cows, right? Right. It was a bartering or a trading system. Think of, think of the, uh, the Native Americans before, before the white man came to the United States or, or America and settled right here and started to implement or, or um, push on them their culture, right? What did the Native Americans trade in? They traded in things like 
skins, right, of, of the animals to help keep them warm in the evenings. They had a whole trading system. They would go from village to village or tribe to tribe, and they would trade these goods that, that they used and that were, that were necessary to them. Well, it's the same thing. But God, is, God would have, he had a sacrificial system put in place for the, um, for the Hebrews in which they would sacrifice their first fruits. Amen? And that was how you showed God that even though we need these things to survive, we, have re, we revere you even much more than that. We revere the fact that you still hold our lives in your hands. Amen. So I say that to say this is that is what the tithe is to us. So in, in today's current world and how we deal with money, right? We deal with cash or credit or, you know, a, a lot of people don't even get cash anymore. They don't deal with cash at all, right? Your, your, um, your, your checks are automatically put into your account, right? And so you just, you have this value or this number system that we work off of now. Amen. And so um, the the Bible says that if we're going to give our first fruits, then then we then we give of the top ten percent of all of our increase, amen. So um, th- I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but as we move forward, uh, we need we need a we need to kind of just I want to set the table there and let you guys know what direction we're in, but also um, some of the other the other half of this. So I'm going to go ahead and continue reading in the book of Malachi here, in chapter three. We're going to move to um, verse eleven. <laughs> Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll rewind to one verse here, starting with 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if you will not open for you, if, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Amen so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. I'll tell you what, all of that right there, everything before verse 11, I never really even cared to pay attention to as much, okay? This is just me. This is me personally. I'm going to share something with you, okay? The main benefit for me and my family that I've seen a difference and a change in in my family um, since we started tithing was that the devourer has been rebuked. And all my shortcomings and all my mishaps and all my mess-ups, I know that I am in need of the grace of God in my life. I am a jacked-up, messed-up dude, okay? Um, I love the Lord, but I am as as imperfect as they come. And... I will tell you what, that I truly believe that the very fact that my wife and I, because my wife and I still tithe and we still take care of what's the Lord's and we give him what's his, he shows grace to us. His mercy is new every morning in the Gonzalez home, right? And his grace abounds in our lives. He rebukes the the devourer in our lives, all right? Because there's, there's situations sometimes that we as human beings get ourselves into, even as Christians, and we think, man, right? Like, I'm lucky, or I, I don't deserve this, or I definitely deserve a lot worse, but the Lord's got my back. That's, and that's what that means right there. The Lord's got your back, amen? He, he knows who you are. 
He knows what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. And he knows what kind of knucklehead moves you're going to pull. He definitely knows that about me. Um, but his grace abounds in my life. And I truly believe that this is the main reason why. This is the main reason why right here. So as we move forward, I want you to keep that part of scripture in mind. See, because a lot of people kind of get a little offended or they get a little um, kind of like on their toes or, they, you know, they, they stick their chest out a little bit. The shoulders go back. The chest comes out. What do you mean I robbed God? I don't rob God, right? I, that's messed up. You know, I don't even think about it that way. It's not even me about me robbing God. You know, it's more like it's like a, it's almost like a protection system for me. This is, this is how I see it, right? It's a commandment of his. It's a requirement of his. But for me, I'm like, man, think of it as if you, you know, hey, some of us that were, uh, not us, me personally, but some people that were um, in, in a past life, you know, that, that were on the streets and you ran with a gang or you ran with a crew or those, those people who, who used to be part of a mob, right? Right? And you paid your dues in a certain extent for what? In exchange for what? Protection right? It's, it's, the same, it's a similar system. Those guys didn't invent that wheel, okay? I believe whole, wholeheartedly that some of those dudes were probably in a past life or they were raised in a way that they were taught this system right there and they just perverted it, right? They perverted it a little bit and they implemented it into their, their little system or their little clique because they know it works, amen? They know it works. They know how it, they know how it works on the hearts of men, Okay, so moving forward, we want to talk about the, the meaning of the word tithe and kind of break it down a little bit here, okay? So the Greek meaning, right? So we know that the, the, the word tithe is, is, is equivalent to a tenth, okay? It's equivalent to a tenth of your increase or a tenth of your income, right? Excuse me. So um, the Greek meaning or the Greek word that we use for the word tithe is deketos, okay? Deketos. And if you look at those first four letters, right? And if you guys remember maybe um, uh, some vocabulary in, in school, um, and, I, and I didn't go to a very good school, and I was taught this, so I know some of you guys know this, all right? So decatos or decatos, but the first four letters are deca, right? Deca. We know that deca, right, is 10, okay? So it breaks it down right there. And so the Greek form of the, of the, of the word tithe is decatos. And then the, we move to another, another meaning here or another um, definition here, masra, okay? Masra is the Hebrew meaning, meaning tenth, okay? And so the, they're breaking it down. They're letting us know like here because the Bible, we see the Bible written in the Greek, we see in the New Testament, right? We see the Bible written in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. So it's important that we recognize the different words in the context that it's used, okay? And then our English word, right? The English word that we use, tithe, okay? Um, it comes from an Anglo-Saxon word meaning teoth, okay? Teoth, which means tenth, all right? So the, the word tithe literally means a tenth or ten percent, all right? When someone has defined the word tithe in the following ways, okay, and I'm not going to cover all of these because I read through them and some of them I just don't, I don't want to spend too much time on and, and to be honest with you, um, I, I didn't understand some of it, so I was, I'm not going not to try to break it down too much, okay? But let's go to open up our books first and foremost. We're going to um, back up what we talked about with the 10th um, to the book of Genesis chapter 28, okay? If you have it, the book of Genesis 28, 22. And the Bible says this. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and all that you give me I will surely give a tenth to you. Okay? So, again, here, we're talking about 
um, he's, we're setting up, we're setting up God's house here, right? And so exactly what he's saying, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give back a tenth of my increase. Amen. He's going to give back a tenth of his increase. He understands the principle there. And we're just setting the stage here for, for what, what the tithe is, what it means. Okay. I want you guys to go to Matthew 23, 23. We're going to talk about, um, the word tithe as it is, um, how, how it relates to our, us morally, excuse me. Matthew 23, 23. And these are the words in red. Amen. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of men and anise and, and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Amen. So he's equating, not equating, but he's putting, he's lumping them together, right? So the tithe is important. Amen. But there is some other things that are important just as, just as much with it. In other words, the tithe is not just a monetary thing, okay? It's not just, it's not just a monetary um, subject that God wants us to understand and believe in and pay and only affect us monetarily, okay? He wants it, he wants it to be lumped together with our morals and our values, something that we value in life, okay? So... The tithe, because what happens when you start to pay the tithe is that it starts to work on, how, on, on your heart and what's important to you in life, right? It starts, to, it starts to rework where you have your priorities set in life, okay? If you're only ever focused on money and the tithe to you, what, 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 what does the tithe become to those who are only ever focused on money? It becomes a way for them to what? To either keep more of it or earn more of it. Is that not the truth? Let's be real here, okay? For those of us that have been tithers for a while, we understand that our governmental system has set, up, uh, has set it up so that we, you can benefit when you tithe in a sense that you pay less taxes or it becomes tax deductible, okay? So we want to make sure that we point out the fact that it's not just set up that way, okay? In God's system, yes, it also was. But when we link it to the things that we love, right? The things that we desire because we are fleshly, we, we have flesh, fleshly desires, excuse me, then, then we know that now it can start to turn around and, and, and change the way we prioritize those things in our lives. Amen? Because do we not need money to get the things we like? Do we not need money to buy a certain way of life we want to live? right? Some of us own homes. Some of us want homes. Some of us rent nice homes, right? We want these things in life, but we know we need what to get it, right? And so sometimes we, hey, I'm going to be real with you. We struggle with this, with this, um, what would I call it? Uh, like, maybe you can help me here, pastor. We struggle with this, like, you know, I, I always have like this uh, um, picture of myself, right? And I've got like an angel on one shoulder and a, and a little demon on the other one. And the demon's like, hey, you don't, you don't have to pay your tithe this couple weeks. Like they'll never know, right? Um, because you want to go on that trip, right? And the angel's like, no, you need to pay it. And you know what? The Lord's going to bless you anyway, and you're still going to get to go on the trip. And right, so we don't want to have that faith or that belief that it's still going to happen because it doesn't make sense in our heads, right? 
no, I don't have that money. And if I don't have that money, then I can't go on that trip, right? And, but if I pay the tithe, I'm not going to have that money, right? So it, it's important that we understand that this is a spiritual concept. It really is. And it's not made for you to understand. We are not, we are not, we, we are natural people. We, we, we serve a supernatural God. And this is a supernatural concept that he doesn't want you to understand. He just wants you to obey it. Amen. And so when I when I finally when I find as as the leader of my home when I said, "Hey, we're going to step out in faith here." And and we're broke as a joke, but we're going to we're going to we're going to tithe. We're going to tithe because it it's a commandment and you know what to be honest with you, I, I told my wife, this was back when we're um when we're doing it. We ain't broke no more by the way because we tithe, okay? But uh, we I'm going to say we're going to tithe. And and she looked at me and we were like we were scared to do it, right? Because we didn't have the money to tithe. It didn't make sense. Naturally, it made no sense. So we started paying these tithes, and we started making it the first thing we paid. And lo and behold, our needs start to, be, start to get met, right? Our, not only our financial needs, things started to happen in our lives, but in other areas in our life, we started to become blessed. Our marriage started to become stronger, right? Because, again, what was a priority to us? It wasn't so much serving our own desires, which by the way, that's all money really does. It was first taking care of God's first, was what was his first. And see, when you start to, to, to switch your priorities to taking care of what's his first, that's what matters to both of you. You start to put your own, you know, dumb little things I want and the things that she wants aside. And guess what? All those little things that you used to argue about and all those little things that you used to fight about and all those little things that you thought really meant something, and, may, and meant something in your marriage, they don't anymore. Amen? And you start to put the Lord at the center of it, you start to reap the benefits. Amen? The only times we've ever started to really struggle, and I mean really struggle, I don't mean the bickering and the, and the, the, the dumb little things that you know, happen on a daily basis because we're two human beings that live together and that kind of stuff just happens, okay? But I mean the only times we've really started to struggle or have a hard time in our marriage is when we've compromised our tithe. Amen? And that is why Malachi 3.11 is probably one of my favorite scriptures. It rebukes the devourer. It rebukes the devourer. You guys remember that. It rebukes the devourer, okay? We're going to move forward to um, number five here where it says spiritually. Okay, I want to read Galatians 3.9. We've already covered Malachi 3.10. We remember what that says, but Galatians 3.9, okay? Uh, New Testament here. I'm going to start at 8. And the scripture fore foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, And all you the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to read 10 here. The law brings a curse, okay? For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Okay? So it's both a spiritual principle, but it was set in law, and that's what made it spiritual for us, guys. It was set in the law in the Old Testament. It was the law of Moses. And actually, even before the law of Moses, the tithe was implemented. 
So he's saying here, look, it takes you, it takes an act of faith for you, 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 and you, all of us here, the New Testament church, to believe in something that was set in stone before, way before we even walked the earth, before Jesus even walked the earth, right? The one we follow, right? This was something that was set in stone already. And it, because it's a law and because it takes you, you believing in that law, right, and, and implementing that law into your, to your life, spiritually, you, it's a spiritual principle, okay? It becomes a spiritual principle that, again, we must follow, all right? Amen, amen. amen. So, real quick, we're going to tie that together real quick, that before the law and under the law, okay? So, um, going to Genesis 28... 22. You guys don't have to follow if you don't want to. I'm going to keep reading them for you as long as this thing doesn't keep. There you go. All right. This is going to clean that, that part up about the law here, okay? Genesis 28, 22. So again, this before the time of Moses, okay? Be, or before the law of Moses, I should say. Before the law of Moses, right? We're, we're, we're setting up god's god's house here right and the tithe was already implemented again you give you what you give me and i will surely give back a tenth okay if you go to 14 chapter uh, um, chapter 14 verse 20 The Bible says this, and blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he, give, and he gave him a tithe of all. Okay? So, again, this was implemented way before, even, even before the law of Moses. It was implemented before the New Testament church. It was implemented before David was king. Okay? Now, as us, where it makes it spiritual is because we are for, not forced to, but we choose to take that leap of faith and believe in it and carry it out in our lives, knowing that we are no longer under the law. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. So, moving forward here. Um, I'm not going to cover the under the law portion, because that's a very lengthy part, okay? Okay, so, let's go down. If you, guys are, if you guys are following along, I want you guys to go down to the part where it says tithing and first fruits. Okay? Tithing and first fruits. God always required Israel to dedicate the first fruits of everything, okay? Exodus 22, 29 through 30, okay? We're going to read that here in a minute. God set the Levites apart, freeing his claim on every firstborn male of all other tribes, okay? The tithes of all Israelites were a means of giving the first fruits to God. First fruits are devoted things that belong to God exclusively. Do we understand that? Do we understand? Do we really, do we really grasp the principle of first fruits? Okay, so again, th this, this can get a little uncomfortable at times, but we have to be real here. And these are important principles that we must actually believe in, grasp. And if, if it's something that you're, having, you're struggling with, then I would challenge you that this is a part in your walk that you need to kind of step out in faith in, okay? But in America, we're paid in dollars, right? Or numbers that represent dollars. And I say that because like me, I get, I get an automatic... Um, what do we call it? Uh, um, direct deposit. Thank you. I get direct deposit. See, I don't, even, I don't even think about what it is anymore because you know what? I know it's going to be there every other Friday. Isn't that crazy? So my job, because my job is, is, 
is pretty secure, right? I'm a firefighter. I work for the city. I work for the fifth largest city in the, in the nation. I, I just, I know it's going to be there. Like, and I know what it's going to be already. I have it set up on my, on the app predestined to what, what we tithe on it because I already know I get paid the same every two weeks. Okay. I don't even touch it because I don't, I don't really work too much overtime, but I say that to say this is that your tithe here Okay, when we talk about first fruits, some people struggle with that and they say, well, I'll tithe on what I can give or I'll tithe what I can give or I'll tithe on what's left over. Okay, that is not the principle of first fruits and that's not what he's talking about here. All right. The principle of first fruits is that you're giving him the first tenth before you pay anybody else. You pay the Lord. You give him what's his. Okay, and I know that's a hard thing to swallow sometimes, but I promise you, I promise you, when you step out in faith and you start doing it, it pays off. It pays dividends. People, these finance people that, talk, you know, they, they talk like they know, they know what dividends are. I hope they do, right? If you know what a dividend is, it pays dividends, right? And that's, that's, where, um, that's where the Bible says that he's going to bless you with a blessing that's pressed down, right, and overflowing, Right? It can't even fit in the vessel that you have for it. Right? So, and, and I will tell you, we, we think right, right in, in, in our own minds, in our own perverse minds, we think, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be walking around like this bag full of money. All I got to give is like 10% of what I get, and I'm going to be walking around. And, and no, no, that's not it. Again, when your priorities are realigned with his, what you start to realize is that the blessings come in all shapes and sizes. They come in all different forms, okay? They, they, come, they come in a marriage that's founded on his principles so that it can't be broken or torn apart. Yeah. Amen? They, they come in, in your children being blessed with good health. Amen? We just talked about um, a young 12-year-old who, who lost his life today. And, you know, I'm not going to speculate as to what it was because I don't, I don't, I don't know. And, and that's, that may be a, um, maybe not the best example, but I mean this is that, you know what, it comes in having healthy, blessed children who live long lives and chase after the Lord. Amen? Who believe in the same things that you believe in. And even if they do step away or even if they do fall, they know where to come right back to. They know who's waiting for them with open arms. Amen? Because you brought them up right. Right? You're, you're, blessed. you're blessed in ways that other people just wouldn't even understand. Right? And you, you, so you can't, try to, you can't try to liken how we're blessed in the church or as a believer to how somebody in the world would consider you blessed. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work, church. Okay? Because the way they perceive a blessing is completely different. It's, it's directly linked to worldly desires. It's directly linked to material. It's directly linked to money. It's directly linked to a good time. Amen. It's, di it's directly linked to the biggest house on the block or the nicest vehicle you can drive. But what we know is that things, those things really don't mean being blessed. Okay. That's not what blessing is, guys. And so it really irks me sometimes when people stand up here and they say, oh, you know, hey, we're really blessed. You know, we have this and we have that. Man, that is not what blessed means because I'll tell you what, um, we could be on the nicest vacation in the world that we ever were, but if, if me and my wife are fighting, bickering, and at it the whole time, then you know what? That ain't being blessed because I'd rather have a good marriage and be on a so-so vacation and have a good time with her and my kids than I would be on, on you know, at, at the, the nicest hotel in Hawaii and not even be able to enjoy it. 
right? Because everything else in our lives is a mess. Amen? Why? Because we're chasing everything that doesn't matter to God. Amen? We've all been there? Yeah? Hey, I, hey we've been there. I, I'm not speaking from um, speculation, you know? I've been there. Amen. So first fruits are the, are the first things in your increase that are devoted, devoted to the Lord. Okay. There's ways that we have started to teach our kids the principle of tithing without using money. Okay. Now they get an allowance and I tell them, Hey, you, you guys, you get, so one of our, one of our kids, our oldest Sienna, she gets $10 a week for doing her chores. Okay. And so I worked, I worked on it, and I said, hey, okay, so what's your tithe? She's like, four bucks. I'm like, don't. It's, I mean, it's, I'm like, I wish, I looked at it, I'm like, I wish my tithe was four bucks, okay? There will be a day when you wish your tithe was four bucks, all right? And then so Levi and, and Danny, they get, they get half of that every week, right? They get, they get less money. Why? Um, well, because they're half the size, and they do half the work, Okay, but no, really, she she does most of the work in the home when it comes to what the kids have to do. So we pay her more. Um, but nonetheless, we want we want to make sure that they under, understand the principle of tithing. So when they don't have uh, when they don't get paid their allowance or we, they get rewarded in a way um, in a way that isn't they get rewarded with something other than money. We make sure that we still have that conversation, the principle of first fruits. Okay, so no matter what it is, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm, for those of you that know me, I can be a little extreme or real literal sometimes, and I'll joke with them, and be, but I'll be serious about it, but then I'll joke, I'm not, I'm not kidding, you don't have to give 10% of your, of your cake, okay? But, but, you know, but that's the way it used to work. But I want them to understand the way it used to work in the Bible. Like, hey, before there was money, right, you gave 10% of your herd. You sacrificed 10% of your herd to the Lord, right? Be, before... Before there was money, you, you sacrificed 10% of the, the wheat bushels that you, would, that you would harvest to the Lord. I, I mean, how is that? Like, how much would that hurt, right? We have 70,000 people to, field, Lord, to, to feed, and, and we're, we're, we're in, a, we're, we're in a, um, a famine right now, and you want us to sacrifice 10% of the little bit that we already have? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that we know is when it's the hardest. But we also know, for those of you that have stepped out in faith, that when you follow through on those hardest times is when you're blessed the most, yeah. right? When you follow through in the valley, when you finally do reach that peak, man, it, it's so good. And you learn so much through it. You learn so much about yourself, and you learn so much about what the Lord is capable, really capable of doing, because we tend to box him up sometimes. We tend to put him in this box. And again, I want to reiterate that point, is that we serve a supernatural God, even though we are natural beings, yeah. right? He doesn't, he doesn't do things, or his concepts aren't made for us to understand. They're just made for us to obey and do, and then reap the benefits. Amen. So I would encourage you to um, to read up on some of these. Okay, read up on the uh, um, the principle of first fruits. Look into the book of Exodus, um, especially in chapters twenty two and twenty three. Okay, and then if you can, guys can look at Deuteronomy um, chapter twenty six. You'll see that that uh, it'll kind of lay it out for you. But essentially, it's what I just told you here. Okay. Um, so getting back to that, you would we don't tithe on um, on what's left over. We tithe on the whole thing, the, the first fruits 
of, of all that were increased, okay? Um, so more specifically, I tithe on my gross pay. I don't tithe on my net pay, right? Um, well, well, why would you do that? Because you're not, you're not really increasing. They're taking money out for, like, insurance, right? And then you have to pay taxes. And then, um, like, you have all these other benefits that you pay for, right? And I'm like, yeah. But you know what? That's all increase, right? Is it not? Again, my perspective, my priorities have changed, okay? So before I thought like that. And then when I started to think about it, I'm like, you know what? Um, I have a guy that works for me, okay? He helps me with my landscape business. And he doesn't have insurance. Well, he has insurance. He gets free insurance. But he didn't have insurance. We had the conversation. I said, hey, you need to apply for this. So he has it now. But he didn't have insurance when he first got here. He came from Mexico. And he told me, he's like, you know, nobody in Mexico has insurance. He goes, there's a very small percentage of people that have health insurance. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. I started to think about it. And I said, you know what? That's something that we take for granted here in the United States. You know, so much so that we have people that really complain about the little bit that they, you know, they think it's a little bit. Right. Well, my insurance isn't as good as this guy's or those people that do that kind of work. Um, and so it needs to be equal for everybody. You know, and, I, and I'll, I'll be the first one to say that there's some things wrong with our system. But what I'm trying the point I'm trying to make is this, is that those things are not guarantees for everybody in life. OK, so it, it is an increase. It is an increase for me, especially with the great benefits that I'm provided. Amen. Um, they take money out of my account or my, my check for a retirement fund. They take money out of my check for the great insurance benefits that we have. Um, Uncle Sam takes money out of, my, um, out of my check. I have a friend named Sam, and my kids are convinced that that's Uncle Sam, and that's the guy that gets paid the money from my checks, right? Because I tell them, yeah, we got to pay Uncle Sam. we got to pay Uncle Sam too, right? And so um, anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is that your tithe actually comes out of more than what you take home. Right. So I, I know I'm I'm not making it so desirable for you guys to right for those of you that maybe are struggling with with uh, with making taking this leap. But yeah, we, I tithe on more than I take home. But it is what it is. Again, again, it's prioritized on paper. You know what I stopped doing? I mean, I, we still we still do our budget once or twice um, a year. We'll sit down because we take on new bills. We get rid of old bills, things like that. And we budget. And we look where we're at. And um, that's my thing. But um, I, you know what I stopped doing is stop trying to like keep track of it every month because it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. If you looked at our finances and then what is supposed to come in, we should be bankrupt. I, that's kind of scary to say, but I'm going to tell you guys straight out, like that is the truth, okay? In, in, in a natural sense, we should be bankrupt, but... In a spirit, because we follow this spiritual principle, we're, we're blessed with enough and then some. You know, you for those of you that know us, you know that we're blessed with enough and then some, right? We're blessed with all those awesome moral benefits and all those extra benefits that we get by being a, a really strong, cohesive family. Um, and and but we're also blessed financially too. We've been blessed financially, and we don't we don't need we don't desire right? We don't, we don't, we don't have a need for anything really. Okay. All the things that, um, that we desire are just extra. They're extra, right? And, and, and the Lord blesses us with that, with that too. So, um, 
I don't mean to be the guy that stands up here and says you should do it because you're going to benefit from it because I'll be, I'll be lying through my teeth if I told you that we don't have bad times because we do, okay? But we always, we always rest in the fact that we know the Lord's going to provide and take care, for, take care of us. Amen? Amen. All right, so moving forward, I want to read this part. Okay, and this is the other half of that, okay? I want you guys to go down to the part that says, what happens if I do not pay my tithes? All right, it's on page 113. First of all, Scripture says that we are like robbers if we do not pay the tithes. That's what Malachi 3, 3, 8 through 10 says. But moreover, we close the windows of heaven upon our soul. It, it is possible to put money in bags with holes, with holes in them, okay? This is another dilemma of the non-tither. Solomon said the liberal, the liberal soul, soul shall be made fat, okay? And he who waters shall be, shall be watered himself. What measure we use will be measured to us again, where our treasure is, there will, there will our heart be also. Paying tithes is one way of watering, laying up, in tr- laying up treasure in heaven, and measuring out we are the losers if we fail to tithe. Okay, so we miss out on those things. Okay? We miss out on those things. If that's a benefit for the tither, then the non-tither, what is the non-tither? The, the non-tither doesn't get the same things the tither does. Okay? It doesn't mean that you're not a Christian or you don't believe in the Lord. Okay? But this is the benefit system, right? Or the benefits package that you get when you become a tither. Both, you, you reap the benefits both on earth, but more importantly, in the eternal. Right? The Bible says that you're literally laying up treasures in heaven for yourself. Amen? I mean, I don't know really what that looks like, but I could tell you that in, in, an, in, an, in an economy that God has set up in heaven, um, it's probably not what we really think it is. You know, it probably has nothing to do with money or gold or silver, um, but probably just happiness, contentment. Amen? And that's what it's provided for us here on earth really more than anything is that, is contentment. We're like, you know what? We've found pleasures in these things that are more important to us, and we're still able to take care of what God says we need to take care of. And that's what's crazy. Amen? Um, According to Malachi 3.11, there is a devourer in every life when we disobey God. Unseen to us, this devourer consumes what we owe God and we suffer spiritually. No reward is forthcoming from God when the devourer consumes. It is far better to give to God what is His, be blessed for it, and then receive our reward than for God to take it through some other means. That's That one right there, I'll tell you guys. I never wanted to believe that. I remember hearing my first pastor stand up and say, you know what? Don't tithe. But he's going to get it one way or another. Yes, and I'm like, nah, that's not how it works. Like, th- that's for real, that's God. Like, <laughs> he would do that. And I was, and I'm like, no, that's, that's not how he works. And people have a hard time perceiving God. They have a hard time seeing God in that perspective. They, why? Because we painted, not we, the world has painted such a picture of a God who's only ever, right, merciful or gracious. Amen. But you have to remember, for those of you that read your Bible, 
God straight up wiped out entire groups of people because of the things and the sins that they were committing and the things that they were committing against him. So his own people. Amen. And so we we fail, we overlook that sometimes. And he does require us to revere him. And so that's a super important part for us to really grasp is that he will rebuke the devourer in your life. His word says it. And if we believe that it is the infallible inspired word, his infallible inspired word, then you better follow it. Amen. To that T, to that extreme. Amen. So like, I'll tell you what, I know that principle right there to be truth. I have learned it the hard way. Right? You try to get over on something that nobody else knows about other than you and God. And God's like, yeah, but I know about it. And you know what? You're going to pay the consequences for it. Right? And there's stuff that I'm still reaping the consequences for today for things that I did 10 years ago. Right? And I'm like, Lord, can that be the only one that I pay for? Because you know, what about that thing that happened like eight years ago? Like if you're, if you got like this 10 year system, like that means like in two more years, I'm probably going to set to reap the benefits for that one. And I'm like, can we, can we just skip over that one? Is there, it don't work like that. Okay. So my point is, is that he will get it one way or another in one, one shape or form. Okay. And I don't mean, Hey, you don't, you don't pay your tithes. So I'm going to make up for it in an offering. No, your tithe is your tithe. Your offering is your offering. Those are two separate things. Okay. Um, the tithe is a requirement or it's a commandment of the Lord. It's what supports the ministry. It's what supports the movement and the, and the, um, uh, the growth of the kingdom. Can you imagine, imagine if every Christian tithe, if every Christian paid tithes, what the advancement of the church would look like, right? Because I, I truly believe that a lot of these mega churches and things like that, they're benefiting from like the, the top 1% who, who pay a tithe or they donate to the church because for them, it's a huge tax benefit, right? They would rather pay into a church system than they would into, in, than give it to Uncle Sam, right? Or give it, give it, give it to the government, okay? Um, or it lowers their tax liability so they pay less taxes. And that is how it works, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons, amen? Now, if every, if every Christian tithe that ever came to church, man, right? The advancement of some of the things that are important to God, the, the advancement of his, of his kingdom would be amazing, all right? But that just isn't the case, okay? All right? So the next part says this, may I place my tithes in the offering without designating them as tithes, okay? Again, the tithe is the tithe, the offering is the offering. According to the Bible, there is a distinction between tithes and offerings, Okay? God's word teaches us how to give offerings and pay tithes. The tithe is 10% of our increase. Offerings are sacrificial gift from the remainder of our personal money. Okay? Uh, money now, okay? So, uh, again, back then, um, something different. So, if you're, if you're going to refer to Malachi, you're not going to see things like money, okay? All right? We should keep each one in its distinctive category, not evading responsibility or creating a false impression in either area. Tithing given as an offering is not counted as tithes, okay? Um, a lot of people do that to try to deflect, okay? Um, look, not everybody is, is, is maybe ready for this. Not, not everybody does it um, religiously, you know, per se, but you can't, you can't mix the two, okay? Offerings are given um, as in generosity, 
right? To be generous with your, with your increase or with your, um, I don't want to call it overage, but your, uh, uh, your extra. We'll call it that, okay? We, we offer up out of what's extra, amen, right? It's sacrificial. You're sacrificing something that really you could probably do without most of the time, okay? Um, and that's a spiritual principle in itself that has even more blessings linked to it. But the tithe is a requirement, okay? The, re- the tithe is a requirement, and it's a commandment of God's people, all right? Because, because, again, what it does is it realigns your priorities with his, okay? It realigns your priorities with his, all right? So um, real quick, we're going to cover this, and, and then I can see pastor's itching. I can see him. He's itching, right? He's got, some, yeah, he's got something stirring up, okay? Okay, so we should give according to the following scriptural principles, okay? So we're going to cover cover these really quick. There's eight of them, um, and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor, okay? So we'll start with 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 2. All right. The Bible says this, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. Okay. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. All right. So that's Paul again instructing the the um, the Corinthian church, the church of Corinth there um, on the tithe. Okay. Um, number two says, according to what we have. Okay. According to what we have. So Second Corinthians chapter eight. Just move move your Bible right on over. All right. Twelve through fifteen is what we're going to read here. The Bible says this, for if there is for if there is first a willing mind it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Excuse me. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you be burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack and that their abundance also may supply your lack that there may be that there may be equality. Okay? 15. As it is written, he who has gathered much had nothing left over, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Okay? So, um, in other words, when we're giving here, right, principles for giving, we want to, if you, if you have, if you have, if you are blessed with much, okay, Paul's, Paul's explaining this principle that it should be your heart's desire to give, okay? You should give to those who lack, because there may be a time when you are in that position. And you would hope that the same is done for you. Amen. We, for those of you that, I, I'm only, I'm about to be 35, but I'm only 35, but for those of you that are a little bit older than me, you know that life's like this, right? Right? Financial, finances can be that way, right? Relationships can be that way. Careers can be that way, right? And so God forbid that you get found at this point without anybody else there who doesn't believe in that principle, amen, right? And, and I know it's hard for us to, um, to see this outside of just what's monetary, but that's not just a monetary principle there, okay, all right? Sometimes it's, it's where you are spiritually too, amen? You, you might just be really, really struggling and hurting in your walk, but man, I hope there's somebody out there that's, that's on the peak and they can help lift me up, amen, amen. Moving forward, um, chapter 9 here, chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. 
But this I say, this is the cheerful giver. But this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as, his, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves the cheerful giver. We've heard that one time and time again. But it really is, it, it really is um, an important principle for you to start working on and asking God to really, really um, sow into your heart. Okay? Because if, if, you, if you, okay, let me put it to you this way. If you only give when you have an abundance, right? If you only ever give when you have an abundance, well, then it's not really affecting you or, or, or it's not, yes, I'm, thank you, Pastor. It's not a sacrifice. It's nothing sacrificial. So there's not much link to it, okay? It's good to give when you have an abundance, and it's good to help out, okay? But if, you, if it's not sacrificial for you, God's not really interested in it, okay? God's not really interested in it. But if it hurts a little bit or if it takes faith because you, because you sacrifice something of your, of your own to bless someone else or to bless something else, right, that's when God really... That's when you really touch the heart of God, okay? And, and that's, that's, this, that's, that's the basis or the foundation for the entire principle of tithing, okay? I, I don't think any, I don't know, I don't know any people. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know any people in my circle because uh, where I come from, most of the people, we grew up broke as a joke, right? We were paycheck to paycheck. Our parents were paycheck to paycheck. We saw that happen. We adopted that as normal behavior or, or a normal way of life. And so we were like, that's just the way it's done, right? Um, you, you're, you have the money spent before you even get paid, right? So it's like, you know what I mean? I remember when I first become a firefighter, um, I was checking to see what my, what my check was going to be. I'm like, um, all right, we, oh, dang, it's Wednesday. And that Wednesday at 2.30 in the afternoon, you can check to see what your check is going to be on on friday and right and i remember checking it and and i had a guy who has like 25 years on the job and he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm checking to see what my paycheck is man and he's like what for i'm like because i need to know how much money i'm not gonna have after friday bro and he's like he goes dang it's like that i go it's not like that for you and he goes no i'm like don't we have the same job <laughs> you know, but, but no, I mean, he's got 25 years on the job. He's at a different point in his life financially. You know, kids, he doesn't have little kids and, and all that stuff. But I'm like, yeah, I'm checking, you know. And so it's so crazy because we grew up accepting that as a norm, right? And I don't mean to keep hammering on finances, but this is directly linked to your finances because that's what provides for us our well-being in this natural state, in this natural world that we live in. Amen. So God will directly watch. He directly wants to. He wants to directly affect that part of your life because He knows how much, how much of a sacrifice it takes for us to take that leap. Amen. And once you do, I promise you, you're going to start to reap the benefits. You're going to start to reap the benefits.